SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it. This is the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. I'm Dane Martinez, my main man, as always. Live and direct, Kevin Walsh, where we and we put the fun and functional sports content together here every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Kevin, as the NBA restart rolls on, we're starting to learn a little bit here, okay? Some teams, I think, we're starting to realize are impressing. You know, some teams are kind of uh, defecating the mattress, and that is becoming clear. And I want to start with an injury and with it tightening up. In the West, specifically in the bottom of the West, but we need to start with Philadelphia 76ers guard, guard forward, do it all kind of guy, Ben Simmons, who left that game, uh, pre the last game for the Sixers, you know, and we thought he would be okay limping down the tunnel, but it seems now. Kev, you know, subluxation, I hear that he's out indefinitely and like trying to figure out what his treatment options are. When I hear someone trying to figure out what their treatment options are, that means a little bit more than a day or two in my mind. How do you read this and what would be the impact on these Philadelphia 76ers if they lost Ben for any such time? Yeah, look, this would be very, very damaging for this team to lose Simmons. One of the, the reasons why I think some people were starting to buy into this team coming into the restart was, you know, they might have missed Ben in the actual uh, playoffs, or at least the close of the regular season, uh, had we not had a break due to his back injury. So right. now for this to happen, look, how could it be anything other than a massive blow for a team's second best player? Um, most people would agree he's their second best player. Uh, to be absent. I think the the most damaging thing about this, to to be honest, though, Dane, is this then could set the Sixers up to, say, lose in the first round and not feel ah. an obligation to change things. That's the worry for me. This is a team that has continually underachieved almost at every game. Yeah. And the first two performances that they offered in the bubble we're nothing short of disgraceful to to not show up even remotely on the defensive side of the basketball. And now you kind of have another excuse that you can kind of, ah, well, we didn't have Ben. So I, right. that is very, very um, disheartening to see, though, because you want to see Ben Simmons be okay. But if one of the options on the table is seizing-ending surgery, I mean, it just, he probably shouldn't play. And to be fair, no medical staff you trust less than the Sixers to get this thing right. So all in all, very concerning stuff. You know, what's interesting, you know, we look at the near term, what the Sixers are in the Eastern Conference, in this restart, their potential right now. But I think you are right, Ev, to zoom out on this a little bit. You know, another point that needs to be made, you know, Kevin, in normal circumstances, if you have an injury that requires surgery with like five games left in the regular season, you get it done right away to be ready for the start of next season. But guess what? As we've discussed, the start of next season, Kevin, the NBA is like weeks 
after the playoffs are done. So if the man has surgery now, isn't the beginning of next season already in jeopardy for him because it's only a few months away? And if we zoom out even further, right, as we welcome in our radio audience around the country here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge, Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh, as usual, making it happen here, you know, there have been plenty of reports from outside of that locker room, now even from inside of that locker room, around the chemistry of the Sixers. And it was always thought, could Embiid and Simmons together, as the Batman and Robin, as the one and two for a team, be the right mix to actually take a team to the promised land? My question for you, Kev, is if this is a big injury and it does require surgery and it's going to compromise him a little bit for months, is it an opportunity to continue to trust the process? They can't tank. They're not that bad. They don't no, not tank. Them. What I mean is, like, make their decision on Embiid and Simmons because there's always been a thought that they may need to move one of right. them if they don't fit together. That's what I mean. But, not tank. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. make the decision to actually, you know, flip Ben for something. But the problem, so, but now they have two problems. One, the, the, with the way the season has gone, was like, all right, whatever. We'll figure it out in the playoffs because you guys have completely bottled the entire regular season. Let's see. And the way things, like, they might get matched up with the Celtics, which has always been a matchup that gave them a pretty good chance because they had right. absolutely no answer for Joel Embiid on that team. But if they now get bound... Yeah, they traded the answer back to Philadelphia. His name was Al Horford. are right now, I believe, the number six seed in the East. But, Kev, things are not going well from the Sixers. And before we get into any of the games... We know last week we talked about Ben Simmons leaving a game late last week. Well, since we last spoke here on the early line, we knew he had the, uh, I, I just like saying the word, Kev, the subluxation of his mm -hmm. knee. We knew about that, but he has left the bubble. He is, in fact, going to have surgery. We talked about this briefly here on the early line, also on betting around the rim over the weekend. You know, if he's having surgery, a, that probably compromises him for the start of next season, right? B, you have to think about as a franchise, as an organization, is this now the time to, in essence, decide between Simmons and Embiid if you don't think they are the right pair to be your Batman and Robin, if that's the way the game and the scheme for your team is. But now also over the weekend, Joel Embiid left the game with an ankle injury. So now both short-term medium term and long term the sixers have a ton of questions Kevin. yeah this is tough for them we'll give you the full uh tweet from Woj that came out this weekend as it pertains to simmons potential return saying while the sixers haven't ruled simmons out for the season sources say it would take a deep run into the playoffs to keep the door open on the possibility of a return and that's still an iffy proposition so this team has to get to the conference finals for us to even have a conversation about Ben rejoining this team, and they will not be favored in the opening round. So it gives you an idea of how unlikely it is that we see Ben Simmons again. Now, we do not know the extent of this Joel Embiid injury. You would think the Sixers probably uh, playing it super cautious with him. Uh, but he did not play in the entirety of that second half against the Portland Trailblazers. And I think, though, that second half, I, I mean, the Sixers showed a, a lead deep into the fourth quarter in that game against Portland, right? A Portland team that's right. fighting for its life. Without Ben Simmons, without Joel Embiid, Josh Richardson playing 
fantastically. Some decent Al Horford minutes. Alec Burks playing well. And I just, man, like this team, for whatever reason, with these two stars, just the recipe mm-hmm. is not there. Like, I, for the first time, I almost like, what if they just trade both of them? And just let like Tobias Harris and Josh the process again. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously though, like it, because it's just been such. Uh, it feels like it's just such a letdown with with the two stars, yeah. and I think both guys are, you know, would be within my top twenty players in the league. I really do believe that. Like, I think I mean, Embiid should be making an All NBA team probably, and Simmons has has a shot at making an All NBA team this year as well. But for whatever reason, it just does not work for this team. And now, again, we don't know the extent of this Embiid injury. And to be fair, I feel like if it was dire, we might know know. more so. Um, So he's probably there. But again, this team, you know, depending on how they close this out, you would expect is going to get matched up with the Boston Celtics in round number one. It's going to be a very interesting series. It's to be fair, though. The one series, if I were them, I would take my chances on just because they have absolutely nothing for Joel. Yeah, you've mentioned that. Yeah, the best matchup they have for Joel Embiid is, you know, Al Horford, who's not on the roster anymore. Ironically, he's wearing the other colors, right? But as we look into the standings and we'll see about Philadelphia, you know, you say they are probably locked into the six and will probably see Boston because Boston most likely will be that three seed. Right. Um, They may even be locked into the three seed already. However, when you look at the four five matchup, right, both Miami and the Pacers are one game ahead of these Philadelphia 76ers with one week to play. And boy, is it a tough matchup because they see each other tonight okay you got indiana and miami in a game that goes off at eight o'clock eastern time one of the biggest games on the slate here the miami heat are two and a half point favorites in this one kev but Mm. they ain't gonna win unless they can lock up tj warren because this dude has been averaging around 34 35 points since the restart which is which is obviously very very impressive but this game here is one that both of these teams have had circled for a while. It's not because of mm-hmm. five implications. It's because the last time they played, there was a uh, a little kerfuffle between Jimmy ah. Butler and TJ Warren. Ah, uh, uh, yes, he can't guard me. He ain't in my league. That is right. Uh, so this is, and by the way, I absolutely buy that Jimmy Butler probably could have played earlier, but was waiting for this game here against TJ Warren. Absolutely buy that. That and would be on brand for Jimmy Butler. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and would it be on brand for Jimmy Butler to treat this like the single most important game he's ever played? It sure yes. would. Now, TJ Warren. I'm about will do to look at these prop bets. Let's look at the prop yes. bets for Indiana, Miami, Kev. <laughs> and that, no, but I, I think the this is the thing though about this spot here that is so interesting. Now, again, if we think that Philly. Like, because if you're Philly, honestly, at this point, you take your shot with the Boston matchup. I wouldn't play Embiid the back. They have three more games left. I probably wouldn't play Embiid, honestly. Uh, I'd mix and match rest, and, and I'd just say, whatever, we're the six, and let's just make sure we can get there somewhat healthy, right? So this is probably right. your four or five matchup. The most yes. interesting thing about that is not only do these teams play here in what is both teams' game number six, they play again on the final day of game number eight. For both these teams, then are going to enter a seven-game series. 
So you have to ask yourself, right, for these two teams, maybe do they go all in for this game and then both rest right. on game eight, depending how the seeding looks. You mm. know, and, I mean, that game eight is going to be so interesting because if you're locked into your seating, who's going to really be playing anyway? Like, it's going to be super. Because there's really no home be- court, right? Because we know right. what court it's being played on, right? Exactly. So it's going to be super weird how that um, plays out. But this is a big game here. And I'm pretty simple, right? Like, if I believe that I have an extra motivated Jimmy Butler, well, then that's yeah. the side that I'm going to look to back. What is interesting, though, is that they do not have, for whatever reason, TJ Warren's points prop currently listed over at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Yeah, I noticed that. Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner. We've got an Aaron Holiday prop, but we don't have Warren. Now, Jimmy's at 19 and a half. And here's the thing uh-huh. it is dangerous to buy into narratives, okay? In the gambling world, it is dangerous. But if I were to buy into a narrative, okay, on one guy, Jimmy Butler is that guy. Yeah, I hear you. And as you mentioned, Jimmy Butler's points prop tonight is 19 and a half, five and a half for rebounds and four and a half if you think he's dishing out some dimes. My question for you to follow up on this is, is about, as you mentioned, they play today. They play a game in their last game of the season. And as we stand right now, you and I both think they will renew their hostilities in a series next week. Given all that, how would you get ahead of this? Do you think maybe they come out vanilla, play a little under? Are you going to play the props? How do you play the motivation of this? Because honestly, if I was one of the coaches, if I'm Spolstra, I'm not showing everything because I want to have something fresh for a potential series next week. Yes, the the thing is, the Heat just lost two in a row. Again, Jimmy Butler hasn't mm. played in, in three in a row. Right. And Jimmy being out there for this game, I they want this one. I think the one they'll punt will be the will be game eight. I genuinely I believe the Heat will want this game. And the Pacers, to be fair, like they've gone out there and they've they've pushed forward for these games as well. I think this is a spot here, Dan. We've talked about this. I think we might see both teams looking to somewhat kind of set the tone for what could be that seven-game series, and I'll take Miami in that spot. All right, if you're taking Miami, you're laying two and a half points or taking a minus 138 on a money line. When we come back, we've got other places in the association where the teams playing each other, our next-door neighbor standings. Check it out. We'll come back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. We thank Christopher Welsh for the update. We welcome back in our radio audience around the country here to Sports Grid, where we put the fun and functional sports content. And I've got Kevin Walsh with me every weekday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern time, getting you ready for the day, looking at the lines, giving you all the information you need to make it a profitable day. That's what we do here on Sports Grid. Kev, we were talking about Pacers and Heat, right, and how they're in that 4-5 spot, and they may see each other down the road. Right. And so the question is, what is the motivation? What do they show? You know, there is a dog named Jimmy Butler in that matchup who, you know, ain't taking any time off. So we'll see that. I like the idea of the props there because he is motivated. We see his back and forth 
with TJ Warren. But as I look into the East to the top of the standings, Kev, we've Mm. also got a matchup that happens tonight. Milwaukee and Toronto will see each other. Now, these two teams are locked pretty much, Kev, as the one and two in Mm -hmm. the Eastern Conference. So we've got to talk in the same way you mentioned Indiana and Miami may see each other that in the first round. This, a lot of people believe, if the chalk holds, would be an Eastern Conference Finals matchup. So I ask you the same question, right? Are they going to show everything? Are they going to be motivated? Do they not want to show their cards to a potential Conference Finals opponent? And unlike Miami and Indiana, these two teams are pretty much both already locked into their spots. So what do they really have to play for? Is this going to look like a real game, or is this going to look more like an exhibition game, Kev? Yeah, and 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 the thing, Dane, is there's no pretty much about it. They are absolutely locked in the one. Yeah, 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 they're spot. locked. Yes. And you look at, you know, Nick Nurse comments after their game against Memphis, kind of uh, questions being asked, oh, what can we expect, you know, from these final games, and saying, that's ah, it's going to be a mixed match, okay? Some rest will be had here. Some other guys will get opportunities here. And it's like, all right, well, I want nothing to do with that team. What about the Milwaukee side of things? Well, the Bucs, the Bucs have been disappointing in the restart. Okay, they won that first game yeah. against the Celtics. You take that. Yeah. Lose to the Rockets. The, the wildness that was that Nets game. They had a second-half performance for the ages against the Heat to stop them from losing that one. Then they dropped that game to the Mavericks in overtime that they had no business losing. I mean, they, they were up seven with about a buck 30 left. And it extended into overtime a 15-0 run by the Dallas Mavericks. That was a very bad loss, considering that they were going for it. Giannis, Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Eric Bledsoe, all playing into the overtime frame. That was a bad loss against a Dallas team that's not looked good uh, in crunch time, even in this bubble. So I look at this game, and again, we're trying to handicap motivation. We're talking about two teams that now have exhibition games until we get to the postseason. It's a tricky spot to be in. If I had to back a side here, I'll lean towards Milwaukee because this is gonna this is gonna sound like the weirdest thing I've ever said. I'll back Milwaukee because they've played worse. That makes no sense. Yeah. But no, I'm like you, then they have more to try and put forward then. No? I agree with you. I agree with you. This idea that they maybe have some stuff to clean up, right? That to me adds motivation. If anything, they, because they have been limping, right? Are on some potentially, Hey, we've got to fix this this week. Okay. The other thing I will add, and I want to see if this matters to you at all, you know, Toronto is on the second of back to back. Okay. They played yesterday, you know, so that combined with the fact, Oh, we may see Milwaukee down the road. That may be adding more to the idea of, hey, let's not give, you know, let's not put the pedal to the metal tonight. Maybe we don't have the full compliment. Maybe we rest some guys. They played yesterday also. And yes, to your point, Milwaukee, I think it's not that they have more to play for, but it's like, you know, when you have a bad outing and the coach is like, oh, you're going to pay for it in practice, right? Well, this isn't going to be an exhibition game. They're going to pay for it in practice and it's going to be live against the Raptors. In my opinion, the Bucks are five and a half point favorites. Do you think the fact that the Raptors are, you know, second of back to back may lead to some different minutes allocations tonight? And that's the thing, right? It, it should. A little less for Kyle Lowry, a little less for Pascal. 
Siakam because they did seem to push it a little bit in that game against Memphis for whatever reason. Siakam 36 minutes, Lowry 37. Man, they have played some like a, some of these spots, man. Like they have played a good amount of minutes, these Toronto Raptors. Um yeah. 35 for Van Vliet, you know, again, 37 for Kyle Lowry. So yes, really, to be honest with you, Dane, too, if you want to talk like the early line, the early line. Yes, sir. That's us. Is there not a world where this number then starts to move in Milwaukee's favor and we hear some Kyle Lowry's going to get the day off or something along the – I mean, he just played 37 minutes. Get it at five and a half because you think it might be seven by tip-off? I'm not – honestly, if I'm Nick Nurse, I'm not playing – I'm not playing Van Vliet, Siakam, or Lowry in this game. Right. Why would I play them in that time? This was my thing with the Lakers. That's right. This is my thing with the Lakers when they played the Rockets. There's no argument right. of, oh, well, a back-to-back is valuable. We have to play those. No, they're done. You don't play back-to-backs in the playoffs. So right. Honestly, the Raptors will have no more back-to-backs the rest of this season. Yeah. Neither so, will Milwaukee. To me, I think Milwaukee's the only play here. I think it's the only way you can play this game. Listen, I think that's a decent point, right? You talk about the line right now here on the early line, and that's what we do, give you the edge on sports grid. One of the things Kevin is saying is that because of – the matchup because of the back-to-back, you know, because they may have less reason to, you know, win this battle and instead looking to win the war. Maybe they don't go full bore today. And if the beat reporters or the conventional wisdom starts to slide in that direction, you know, after 8 a.m. Eastern time, you may get it at more valuable line right now. As I've mentioned, Kev, it is five and a half. As I stare at it right now, the Bucks are minus 235 on a money line. But Kev, as we talked about it, these are teams that are locked in their mm-hmm. position at the top of the East. The Los Angeles Lakers, Kev, are also <laughs> locked into their position at the top of the West. However, they haven't looked good, Kev. Okay, they've lost their last three. We talked very briefly about this on Friday. We also talked about it as a headline story on betting around the rim. LeBron also came out late last week and in essence was like, yeah, we've got some things going on internally. I'd rather not talk about it. It's a team issue. We're working on it. We'll figure it out. And you and I were like, oh, that sounds ominous. Oh, what's this? Because we know LeBron has a reason for whatever he is doing. We'll say that. The Lakers, you know, they are the one seed in the West. They do have four and a half games on the Clippers. They will be the one seed. But, Kev, they have lost three in a row, and they see a Denver Nuggets team today. You know how I feel about Michael Porter Jr., and they have something to play for because these Nuggets are only one game back of the Clippers for the two seed and only one and a half games up on Houston for the three seed. So you've got a motivated Nuggets team and a Lakers team that is – we don't know what, but they're trying to figure something out. Yeah, they locked up the one seed, the Lakers, and it's not one sense, uh, which is kind of goes to the nature of these uh, restart games. Right. I will say this to you, and now maybe these are yellow and purple tinted glasses here, but if I had to choose, did I do I feel better or worse about the Lakers after that game against the Pacers? Genuine answer would be better. Because? LeBron was best player on the court. And we were still kind of waiting for that game. He had 31, 8, and 7, and was a plus 13 in his 35 minutes. 
Anthony Davis scoring eight points on three of 14 shooting. You just have to hope that those are those are performances that you won't often see. He was minus 20. He was the worst player in the game from a plus-minus mm. perspective. Anthony Davis is going to be the worst player in the game. You would expect when the playoffs come around. Now, here's the big question, right? We talk about motivation. For the Lakers, do they view this game? The only other game that they have left is the Kings. And that game, by the way, is on Thursday, okay? So they've got a while before that game is anyway. Do they view this game as a, hey, let's make sure. Their last right? Let's test. go out there, last test. let's put it on, and let's win this game. Because there's also another level of motivation for them, in my opinion. Okay. What's that? The Denver Nuggets final games are obviously this spot here against the Lakers, a game against the Clippers, and then a game against the Raptors. The Nuggets losing out is plausible. If you look at the Rockets right. schedule, them winning out will be the favored outcome for the rest of that Rockets schedule. Right, that's at three four level. If those yeah. two things happen, it swaps the Nuggets from the Rockets to where now the Rockets would could potentially be the second round matchup for the Lakers. Instead, they might be the second-round matchup for the Clippers. So I actually think the Lakers have some motivation here. And I think that they should be trying to beat this Denver Nuggets team. So with all of that said, then, I'm going to look to back the Lakers at 5.5. I've, I've actually not played the Lakers. And people that know I mean, I bet the Lakers pretty much every, I bet pretty much every Laker game. It's the Lakers. It's LeBron. I cannot help myself, okay? I've not bet them in a while. Because it's been tough. I've tried a couple totals, okay? A couple team totals here, different things, okay? But I've really not bet them in a while. I, th- I think I like them today. I like them to get the job done. All right, interesting. That, that, that surprises me a little bit, Kevin, because of some of the other things we said. I mean, they haven't lost. I mean, they haven't won since they locked up the one seed. Denver does have stuff to play for. And I think they've been looking good. What about this total at 221? It's one of the lower mm-hmm. ones on the board. If you think the Lakers are going to, you know, you know, plant their flag and check and test themselves. Uh, and we see Denver has been able to score. What about this game mm-hmm. going over the 221 number? It's going to be interesting, though, but a motivated locked-in Lakers team might lead more those uh, towards the under. Defensively. More, more so from the defensive perspective. Um, but again, that, my thing is, Dave, I think the Lakers have more to play for than it, you would look at it on face value. Yeah, fair enough. The standings say one thing. The way they have been playing may think that they need to really uh, clean some stuff up and, like you said, test themselves against the playoff quality opponent in tonight's game. There's two more games in the Western Conference that we will discuss when we come back right here on the early line. Don't go anywhere. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in here on the early line, giving you the edge on sports grid as usual. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh waking you up bright and early in the morning to give you all the information you need to have it become a profitable day. And Kev, we got a big piece of information in this next basketball game we want to talk about. I'm talking about Mavericks and Jazz. 
Right now, the Jazz are six and a half point favorites. And you may wonder, hmm, that's a big line for two teams that are right next to each other in the standings. But an important piece of news that you do need to know, Kev, it looks like the Mavericks will be tonight without, or today, shall we say, will be without their top two guys, you know, Luka Doncic and KP, the unicorn, Christos Porzingis. It looks like we'll miss this one. Luka coming off of a triple-double where afterwards Giannis is like, this may be the most talented dude I've ever played against. You have coaches being like, I saw Jason Kidd in his prime. He had amazing vision. I saw Larry Ethan Bird in his prime, and he had vision like that. The comparisons Luka Doncic are drawing from opponents, from coaches, from everybody is pretty ridiculous, especially at his age, the amount of triple doubles, the vision. This is one of the best young players in the game. I know the MVP race was Giannis and LeBron, but if there was room for a third, it would be Luka Doncic, but him and KP not in the lineup, we think, for the Mavericks tonight, and that's a big part of why the line stands where it does. Yeah, I mean, 36, 19, and 14 on 50%. The shooting. first thing I did Again. was look to see if the game went to overtime. Yeah. I mean, it did go to overtime, but, like, his, he still had fantastic numbers, like, regardless of it. You know what I mean? And to be honest, like, so I've noticed this, Dane, over the course of time that we've done our show together. You're more of a wait-and-see guy. I'm very much like, nope, I've seen what I need to see. Like, usually two years in, People might wait before they call a guy a top 10 player in the league. He's undeniably a top 10 player in the league. Like, to me. Like, I have, there's no, it's not like, oh, give oh I buy that too. You, I'm not waiting to see on that. I believe yeah, that. Like, <laughs> like, this guy, like, he's quite obviously, and in fact, I had an interesting conversation that might take us down a rabbit hole. So I'll just mention it, something for people to ponder on with Jared uh, Smith actually on In Game Live about where will he be priced next year uh, in the MVP market. And it's probably hot, whatever, wherever you think. Probably a couple spots higher than that going into next season. As far as this goes, though, today, he's not playing. Nor is Chris Stapps, Porzingis. Uh, from what we know, the Jazz uh, will be a full go here. It then kind of begs the question, do they get put in the book in a tough spot where they really can't move the line enough? Like, six and a half, and you're looking at Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith right. is actually probably going to be out as well. So that's three of the starters. Curry's been banged up as well. I mean, you're looking at Trey Burke carrying a load in this game. Six and a half is probably still not high enough. Eileen Jazz. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me, right? Especially without KP and Luca. Remember, the Jazz did this a couple of games ago, right? We talked about it on Friday. I believe there was one game where there was no Spider Mitchell, no Rudy Gobert, yeah, the right? you know, no Conley, no Royce O'Neal, I bet, yep. uh, I think was even in that game. And so we are seeing this. And so despite the fact that they right now occupy the six and seven spots in the West, and really there's two games separating them, right? And when you look at Utah, OKC is only half a game ahead of them. So there is still some kind of seeding flexibility on the yeah. line here. But you're right, without KP, without Luka, it would be tough to back this Dallas squad. In relation, real quick, I know we don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but you did mention the idea of the MVP odds, and you think mm. whatever I say, you can play some one or two spots above that. I don't know 
Because I say, if I'm hanging the lines, he's my third choice in the futures market behind LeBron and Giannis, and that's it. Well, so, so and, and this is the most interesting thing, right? Because I, I had this conversation, I kind of had to go back and forth in my head of, where does he get listed, but also, like, what would I actually bet? I'm not value. Sure. Okay. LeBron does get posted ahead of him. And we saw this year, LeBron was behind his own teammate, which was always yeah. stupid, by the way. Was always mm-hmm. stupid. But next year, does AD have a bit more juice here, you know, with, with LeBron? I'm not sure. Giannis, the thing with Giannis is he probably has to be priced as the favorite. There's no way right. he's winning three in a row, right? So it's almost mm-hmm. like a disadvantage to them because they have to price him as the favorite. You've got guys like Kevin Durant right. coming back, mm-hmm. Steph Curry coming back. Harden will always be in that mix. Sure. So, yeah, look, if he's priced as three, then obviously that's incredibly high. But I think we might be looking at a spot where Luka is the leading ticket getter in MVP odds. I think that that's quite mm-hmm. possible, although we see that how that played out for Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Fair enough. But remember, there's also off-seasons that can create other potential MVP candidates. For example, oh, totally. if, the, if the 76ers do move Ben Simmons, then I'd be very interested to see what Joel Embiid's number would be, right? I'd be yeah. very interested to see with the progress that we think of the New Orleans Pelicans, what Zion's number would be moving forward. And then, of course, you did mention a couple of Golden State Warriors who may be interesting moving forward. What are you yesing me about, brother? What, the Zion? Zion. Um, right? Look, the I mean, funny thing is, about it. look, John Moran also will be in that market. I've, I've spent more time than I should trying to figure out how I bet on Zion next year. In diff- like, mm. I don't know if they're going to create like Zion. Because the thing about Zion, right, is... He might, we might get a yes, no all-star bet on Zion, right? I don't know if that's a market that usually exists, but I, I could see a world where that exists for Zion. And I don't know if you think that that would be some wildly overwhelming, like minus money on yes, but then people will bet no and expect him to get injured. But based on what we saw from him this year, if he plays 36 no, minutes. That's a crazy yes. Like, that's a crazy yes number. Well, then you got to take a shot on the no through injury. I'll tell you one thing. If, if we're talking wild future bets, I could see Zion finishing. And I don't, again, maybe people will be like, no, obviously. And I'm not saying things that people would think is crazy. But Zion finishing top five in points per game next year is very much so in play to me. I agree with you. Uh, the one man who doesn't want to hear that may be Brent. Right, because isn't he hasn't he taken such a step forward? Right, he's one of the three oh, finalists yeah. for uh, Player of the Year. Right, but if all this does happen with Zion, right, then boy, does his star get extinguished real quick? Right, and starts from being this like ascending talent who can get twenty points a game to just being second fiddle, right, or maybe even third fiddle on that roster. Who knows what ha- winds up happening? And you know, and then all of a sudden, there's no buzz around Brandon Ingram. I find it very interesting. Yes. Zion will be in that market, but there's definitely an entire offseason. You know, if I had it my way, you know, RJ Barrett would be an MVP contender, but that is a different story for a different day. I'm glad I could get you laughing here on a Monday morning. You know who also, though, I say Luca was the third choice, obviously, this year for MVP. You know who deserves some looks for MVP consideration? And it's going to sound silly. Chris Paul this year has kept the Oklahoma City Thunder involved. They are the five seed now in the West. Remember, they're only a half a game up 
on these Utah Jazz who we were talking about before. And they play the Phoenix Suns today, Kev. The Suns have been one of the hottest teams in this restart. Devin Booker going off. They sit right now as the 11th seed. And you may think, well, they're out of it. No, they're not. Okay, because they are only one and a half games back of the Memphis Grizzlies for eight. Now, I know Portland and San Antonio are also there, but these Phoenix Suns have been looking good. Winners of their last two. They play the Oklahoma City Thunder and Chris Paul, as forementioned. And the Suns are a five-point favorite at our last check with our friends and partners over on Fan. Um, I'm doing some, some looking here. I don't availability see. has to be an issue, right? I mean, I, but I haven't seen it confirmed that anybody is missing this game. Now, OKC here's the thing, Kevin. OKC is on the second of a back-to-back. Yes. Is it not bold though for them to just assume Chris Paul? It is bold. And here on game? the early line, we give you the information to try to get ahead of it, Kevin. This is the perfect early line for us to think about, right, Kev? Because as we're saying here, it's it's a five-point spread. The Suns are five-point favorites. You are kind of looking for the reason, right? And the reason yeah. might be availability of the Thunder, okay? They're on the second of back-to-backs. You just said this before when it related to the Mavericks, right? With KP and Luka already being out and you thinking the number may grow over time in other games. How do we get ahead of this one, Kev? If you think this may be a kind of short split squad for the Thunder, and the line says it already as such, right? Phoenix is a five-point yeah. favorite. Two twenty-five is the total. So let me give you guys a, um, an example of this, though. Books, no. Remember the other day when the Pelicans played up against the Wizards and Zion was ruled out? So that number was eight, right. and I was like, "Oh, I wonder where this will close. Get some value." didn't move they knew they knew they're like he's not playing a back-to-back they just knew and honestly to be fair right when you look at this from the thunders perspective like they sit there right now half game up in the jazz the jazz though should be winning their game so that might move them back to six is that what they want because they don't want a first round matchup with the rockets i don't know we've talked about home court advantage careful what you wish for is always how i always look at things you know they obviously still have time to catch them like very interesting. And maybe the book is super confident in the fact that these guys are going to miss games, okay? But, Dean, that is far too bold for me without knowing. So I look at this one way, okay? If you guys want, you take the Thunder catching five points right now. If these guys are ruled out, this is not going to go up to Suns lane 10, okay? And if by chance they play, then you'll get value. Because I don't feel super comfortable just assuming that the Suns, because the game matters more to them, are going to blow out the Thunder. I know it's possible. Look, they've they've not lost the game yet in the restart. But those five points tell you that none of these guys are playing. And maybe and and like for me, I like to trump sometimes Dan be a little bit more cautious. I'll wait and see. I like to what I call it is pay for information. Or I wait okay. until I actually have a definitive answer. But that number is telling you they're not playing. And thus far, we've not been explicitly, to my knowledge, told that those guys are right. not playing. 
And that's the thing. I really like the way you framed it, Kev. You use the term, I will pay for information. And I want to just de- deconstruct that for a hot second, right, Kev? The idea of paying for information, okay, you're not actually giving money to anybody, right? What it is, though, is, is after information comes out, the number will move and the value will diminish. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of money you describe as paying for. Am I correct? You're just getting yep. less value in your ticket for the security of the more known and stable information. Right. Absolutely. Because this is the thing. If all of a sudden they announce those guys are there and for a right. lot of people, they're like, yeah, oh, get that five. Catching five. <laughs> right. But a lot of people, oh, I, I had him catching five. But to be fair, like at the end of the day, but let me just say this. OK, let's just say they are playing. Okay, Shay Adams, Chris Paul. This is only a pick'em between the Suns and the Thunder. No, no. Like the Thunder mm. should be favored by five. Then the numbers all out of whack. The numbers all out of whack. All right. Well, sometimes that creates value. The question is, do you want to get it on the early line as we wrap up our number one? We come back real quick. We'll talk about a story in the NFL. And why a certain team had to make the move they did. Right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, right here to the early line. Dane Martinez and Kevin Walsh. Kev, we finished off the NBA slate. I said before the break that there was an NFL team that had to make the move they did over the weekend, and I'm talking about the Washington football team, Kev. Remember, Washington has had a horrible offseason, right, with all the drama around the team name, then the scandal with the owner and the idea of um, you know female employees, whether it be the cheerleaders or front office staff bringing charges and claims against the organization. And, you know, kind of in the same narrative, their uh, young running back, Darius Geis, was arrested and charged on domestic violence charges, including strangulation, Kevin, which sounds a little bit over the top, if you ask me. But then the Washington football team, in a move that they had to make, they, quote-unquote, conducted an internal review. That lasted a few hours, and then they wind up releasing Darius Geis from the Washington football team. Yeah, I mean, we saw that, you know, the report said that he turned himself in. So I don't know how much internal yeah. investigation you really need uh, when that's the statement. It took like two hours. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I guess obviously you want to kind of do your due diligence and what have you. Uh, this is, you know, it, this is obviously an unfortunate. See, you, you know, these off-field issues are uh, are always terrible. You know, I thought Darius Geis would be good, but uh, for a lot of reasons, that's never materialized. and. Uh, this the most damning to where, you know, you have to think now, potentially, could the career be over? I think that's very possible. And as far as uh, the Washington football team, uh, their offseason continues to be more and more ridiculous. 
Yeah, absolutely, Kev. You know, I don't want to be cold and callous about it, but as we look, because we are starting to become in fantasy football season as well, I want to look at the remaining assets for the Washington football team. And what do you know? That leaves Adrian Peterson as the last man standing. He's going to go off up draft boards. Remember, Chris Thompson has moved over to Jacksonville. So you have the kids love out of Stanford coming back from injury. And Antonio Gibson, who was drafted this year, something of a slash player. Maybe he gets a little bit more looks. Then remember, there's also veterans still out there looking to be signed. That may happen now that the declaration day for the NFL has passed as well. Hour number two of the early line coming up after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 